0: A podcast 1 production
1: This is Global Truths with Dr Keith Souter talking about something that most people would not know is happening it is quite astounding and Keith has been loving telling me about this because <laughs> really these are headlines that most people are just unaware of the Vatican the drama that is going on over there at the moment. Keith, enlighten us. Rightio.
0: So I've just been at the Vatican. They hosted, although they didn't organise, the annual meeting of the Club of Rome, which we'll need to talk about because if you're worried about climate change, I've got really bad news for you on that. But that's completely separate. But I thought, well, since I'm visiting the Vatican, I might just check to see how things are going on in terms of the reform movement by the current Pope Francis, who's put out a brilliant encyclical, endorsing climate change. He's got a better policy on climate change than the Australian Prime Minister or the American President, right? So I thought, oh, this guy's obviously doing quite well. Well, for a landmass, that's about one kilometre square. Oh, that's right. It's (laughs) It's the smallest and oldest government in the world. But what is interesting is that digging around, I came across this scandal over what's called the Vigano or Vigano report. So Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano or Vigano, Is now on the run and in hiding. So he, uh, obviously by his name, is Italian, was based in the United States for several years. He's probably where that's where he's hiding at the moment. And he's been very critical of the lack of action by Pope Francis dealing with scandals of a sexual nature within the Catholic Church. So the Vigano Report, it's an 11 page document. You can get it on the internet now, although it's only really well worth reading the 11th page, which calls on the Pope to resign. So it's really dramatic stuff. So that got me interested. He's now issued so far two other statements. So he may be in hiding and he's under protection uh, because the Vatican Intelligence Service have said, we're going to go looking for you. But apparently the Pope has issued a statement saying, we're not going to kill him. <laughs> well, like something out of a Dan Brown we're, novel. We're not
1: the Saudis. We're
0: not the Saudis. That's right. But they do want to get him. Oh. So, and of course, when you actually search the internet, you'll find that other people have died in mysterious circumstances. With the
1: Vatican as well? Not
0: the Vatican, but certainly involving factions within the Catholic Church. Ooh. Um, And there is um, um, a very interesting movie that has been made by PBS, which is the American equivalent of the ABC. You can get this on YouTube and it's called The Vatican's Deepest and Darkest Corners. So it's so an hour-long program made at the time of the resignation, popes don't resign, but made at the time of the resignation of the previous pope, Pope Benedict.
1: I doubt, hold on a minute. So it, it, these claims to be the darkest elements of the Catholic Church. However, we have just been through the the Royal Commission yeah. um, into child sexual abuse here in Australia. That was pretty dark like, and, and, and it exposed a lot of dark things about well, the Catholic Church, every church really, but the Catholic Church involved. Can this be worse than that? Can this be...
0: Well, it's all part of it. And indeed, it's it's been argued by Viganò and his supporters that the child sexual abuse is simply the tip of the iceberg and that the larger part of the iceberg would be the sexual abuse of seminarians. So we're talking about children, so they get protected under one branch of criminal law. Seminarians are adults, right? So seminarians are undergraduates in the language that you and I would use. And the argument has been made that these are people who are vulnerable to predators and who are saying, in effect, you've got to sleep with me, otherwise you're not going to get through the course. Oh, And um, one of the individual who's been identified in, by Vigano is Archbishop Theodore McCarrick, um, who is a sexual predator who has a real taste for boys and young men. And he has now resigned. But Viganò is saying, well, we've known about him for years. Why didn't you act more quickly? Now, the argument in this PBS documentary is that um, given the sex scandals that were going on, a survey was done, and it's called the Red Book, and that was handed to the Pope, Pope Benedict, and Pope Benedict realised the enormity of the problem and resigned because he said, look, I simply don't have the energy to take on this um, full sexual predator tragedy. So he then resigned. Remember, popes don't resign. You die in office. You are elected to remain there um, uh, until you die. But he resigned. And he's, of course, still alive and well, reasonably well living in Rome. And so... Pope Francis has come in, but Pope Francis is being accused now by Archbishop Carlo Maria Vigano that he is not doing enough to uh, implement the recommendations of this red book, the report that has been issued. Now, what I found interesting is looking at it particularly at the time of you know, the American crisis. So, so far, over $3 billion American dollars have been paid out in the United States for Catholic abuse scandals. And this is simply now the tip of the iceberg. So billions more will be paid out. On October the 19th this year, the US Justice Department announced its investigations of seven out of eight Catholic dioceses in one state, Pennsylvania. It's also investigating the Diocese of Buffalo, which is in New York. This comes hard on the heels of the Pennsylvanian state government, which found 301 Predator priests had abused more than 1,000 children since 1947. Um, Most of the allegations cannot be followed up because of what's called the statute of limitations. So the statute of limitations mean that you may have committed a crime, but if you can get away with it for six years or seven years, you're fine. Now, there's no statute of limitations on murder, the Australian government has removed the statute of limitations applying to child abuse. That's how we could have this Royal Commission. Mm -hmm. So you hear this reference to historic child abuse cases. Mm -hmm. So it refers to allegations of child abuse before the statute of limitations kicked in. So we then have very elderly priests now being investigated or have been investigated by the Royal Commission in Australia. America still has that statute of limitations. And what is it over there? So it's six years. But how is a
1: child, let's say hypothetically, who was abused, sorry, it's getting a bit dark, if um, they're five, why would they come forward at 11? They're still a child. Like, that doesn't make any sense to have that kind of, you know, you would think that they would extend it to at least an age where you'd be uh, you'd grown into an adulthood and maybe you've got a bit more confidence about you to speak up.
0: No, statute of limitations works the other way, that statute of limitations says if you commit a crime and you're not caught within six or seven years you get away with the crime.
1: But that's what I mean. Yeah. These victims, you know, particularly young victims, that's no time at all to come to terms with what you've gone through and then come forward. Well,
0: in Australia, that's why we have mm. abolished that statute of limitations. And so we are investigating these historic crimes. So the problem in Pennsylvania for the state government is that, sure, they've got a 1,000 um, incidents to investigate 301 predator priests, but... A lot of those priests will have died. The evidence is very old, etc. So they can't do it now. What is I find fascinating in the United States is that there is a group in the United States um, called the Survivors Network of Those Abused by Priests, um, which in two thousand and three called for a federal investigation, and that nothing was done. And the reason for that is in the United States they have what's called a church-state split. So when the United States was formed in its current constitution, 1787, it decided that it would not have an organised religion, wouldn't have a ruling house or a dynasty, and wouldn't have an official religion. So the Europeans thought, well, that country is not going to last long. You've got to have an official religion. You've got to have a ruling house. Uh, and, of course, it's interesting now to look at the United States compared with England, where the Queen is the head of the Church of England. And the Church of England is just shrinking. Or you go to Germany where the official church is the Lutheran Church um, and that is also in decline. And, and you the don't hear S- a lot of
1: people talking about church or God on the street, whereas in America everyone talks about exactly. God. It's not on the Constitution. Amazing. And
0: It's an amazing situation, which has meant that the government was originally very reluctant to follow through on any of these investigations, you know, the the allegations. Now, in the last few months, we've seen that change occurring now in the United States, and they are now getting involved with these investigations. Now, at the moment, of course, they are restricted because of the statute of limitations. Will the Americans go down the Australian path and, in fact, then start to carry out their own investigations? Um, you know, just say, we'll get rid of the statute of limitations, children can come forward who now be elderly, adults perhaps, or adults, they'll be able to come forward and make allegations and they'll be subject to criminal investigations.
1: This is Global Truths with Dr Keith Souter. We're talking about this quite explosive paper that has come out of the Vatican that, well, if you search it, you'll be able to find it. It's very easily found online. But it's got all these um, allegations that I don't think, well, I don't think many people would be surprised about, but it was written by an internal Person of the Vatican, a an archbishop who's now fled. Yep. Um. He called for the for the Pope to resign. He said it's that bad. It's that deep. It's like a deep state sort of theory, yep. really, isn't it, Keith? Suggesting that you know all this abuse has gone on in the Catholic Church, but they've known about it for years. I know that again. That doesn't sound like surprising to many people, but it is, isn't it? In this regard.
0: Oh, well, it is, and I think one of the, the characteristics of of the Catholic Church is what's called clericalism. So, in other words, that um, when you become ordained as a priest. You cease to be an ordinary man, and you become a special individual, just under the angels. Now, from a Protestant tradition out of which I come, this is—you know—we we treat our ministers like employees. But in the Catholic Church, you put a priest on a on a pedestal, and so over the decades, when children have gone to their parents complaining about um, being tampered with, um, the parents said, "Oh, you can't say that about a priest." Mm. So this is part of this deep-seated issue, particularly within the Catholic Church. The Royal Commission here has shown that um, there is a particular problem within the Catholic Church over the number of cases of child abuse. We've had it within the Salvation Army. We, you know, we've know we had other Protestant yeah. denominations, but it's been a peculiarly Catholic one With when you look at the religious institutions.
1: So how, I mean, there's an assumption that the Catholic Church has known something of what's been going on for many, many years. Why now does this matter so much? You know, why is this a revelation?
0: Well, I think the way in which the Vigano has produced this report, hard on the heels of this Red Report, um, saying in effect, "Look, guys, we've got we've got to lift our game on this issue of child abuse." Well, it's a bit late now because the American authorities are getting involved. Remember, so you've got them looking at two states. You've got a total of fifty, so you could end up with the Justice Department again, another lawyers' picnic going in and carrying out more and more of these investigations. So it's, it's from one strand, is becoming important. Another strand is the, the pressure on the current Pope. So the current Pope, uh, Pope Francis, uh, installed in 2013, first Pope from a developing country and has ended the European monopoly on the role of the Pope. So he's from Argentina and the Pope sees himself as a reformer and has been willing to address controversial issues such as climate change, which we've touched on. He's also trying to improve relations with China, maybe going to North Korea as well. When the South Korean leader met with the Pope recently, he carried a letter of invitation from the North Korean leader, inviting them to come to uh, to North Korea.
1: That's quite odd. That is
0: very odd, but it's all part of uh, the North Korean leader's charm offensive, of course. Um, The problem for the Pope is that there's the advice given 500 years ago by Machiavelli who warned about the risks of doing any type of political reform. And 500 years on, it remains very valid. The people who will lose out in any of the reforms will oppose the reforms and the people that may benefit do not yet see the benefit of reforms and so they don't work hard enough to support those reforms. And so the reforms fail. And so here you've got this lonely Argentinian uh, leader in this huge organisation, comparatively speaking.
1: Who's the most with... progressive they'd had in quite a while, by absolutely, the way. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. And and I'm a great admirer of his work. But nonetheless, you, you've you got this courier, the civil service. That it's a bit like Yes Minister, uh, you know, with, that, uh, that it's the civil service that run that ministry and it's the courier who run the Vatican. As I say, it's the oldest government in the world and it's the smallest government but it, and it's the oldest government in the world.
1: So where to from here then, Keith? Is it possible for the Catholic Church to restore its um, reputation, to
0: improve it in some way? What would it take? Well, the obvious thing would be particularly get rooting out uh, people like McCarrick. That can only be done by the Pope. Is the Pope... Who makes cardinals? It's the Pope who can dispose of cardinals, right? So it's got to be the Pope that does it. The problem for the Pope is you can only get rid of a certain number of carnivals each year, otherwise, the other cardinals will rebel against you. Now, he can't be removed from office. It's not as though he gets a vote of no confidence, but of course, he could be poisoned or he could be forced to resign. Benedict decided to resign.
1: Oh, wow. I didn't know that was even a thing. Yeah,
0: he could resign. So what will happen then? I have no idea. This is why I found it so fascinating. It's a whole story which we're not getting in the Australian media. The Australian media are, are focusing on the good aspects of the Pope and this bit that I like, you know, his attitude on climate change, environment, etc. spot on. But there is also the scandal over the Vigano or Vigano report, which is not in the mainstream media but really ought to be. And so I've just been talking to a, a group containing many Catholics many of whom had not heard of that. So there's a talk I gave here in Sydney and they had were not aware of this Vigano scandal, Vigano scandal.
1: It's quite astounding, isn't
0: it? It's and like it... something out of a Dan Brown novel.
1: And I've got to say, when Keith came up with this concept to talk about this topic, you were just chomping at the bit, weren't you?
0: Absolutely, because having just come back from the Vatican, um, one of the organisations to keep an eye on is called Church Militant. You can get that on YouTube. Virulently against the Pope. Uh, virulently against um, the gays in the church and, of course, you know, climate change deniers, supporters of Trump. But the guy who's running that network has modelled himself on Steve Bannon, who produced a very effective secular conservative media. This guy is uh, running a church militant, is a conservative Catholic one. Just just to end on a more optimistic note, you know, that you, when you look at the, the church in Australia, you see a church, a Catholic church or other churches in decline. But it's worth bearing in mind that within Australia, the Catholic church is one of the largest employers, not because of the priests and parishes, but because of health, education and welfare. The Uniting Church, which is one that I'm associated with, is the largest single provider of aged care. So the churches are very important in Australia, not because of the church buildings that you see on the corners on a Sunday, but because of the provision of welfare services and, and schools, et cetera. So as I say, the Catholic Church is one of the largest employers overall within Australia. Overall, if you look at the rest of the world, religion is growing. That's why I keep on saying to people, you've got to bear in mind the impact of religion. We've dealt with Islam. But you've also got to bear in mind the impact of Christianity. There are more Christians in the world than ever before. One of the reasons why the Pope is doing a deal with China is simply to accommodate the 20 million or so Catholics who have survived in China despite the communist crackdown. Remember, it goes back to Chairman Mao and it's an atheist country, but it's got a flourishing Christian community. If you remember that movie, Chariots of Fire, the hero of that movie after winning the Olympics, went to serve as a missionary in China and died there as a Japanese prisoner of war in World War II. But the the seeds that were planted by Western missionaries in China are now bearing fruit in China. What is interesting is the growth of Christianity in places like China, Asia generally, Africa and Latin America. And that's where 96% of the babies born today are born in those regions, Asia, Africa, and Latin America.
1: Ah, oh, Keith, as always, fascinating. Thank you. And we could continue talking all night. We know this, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> this has been Global Truths with Dr Keith Souter. It's recorded in the studios of Podcast One. Producer is me, Kate Mack. Production assistance by Liv Proud. Audio production by Darcy Thompson. And for more episodes, head to podcast1.com.au or download the Podcast One app.